What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday, a Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can follow our social pages on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, this week, we got a good friend of mine, Jake Barnacle, a, a, a fellow Springfield College graduate. Uh, Jake's a big-time hockey fan, loves the Bruins. Um, so Jake is uh, joining us this week. Uh, you know, I kind of wish it was on better terms, buddy, but uh, this is uh, <laughs> this is what it is. I know. Listen, man. Listen, Garrett, I appreciate you having me on. Uh, I couldn't agree with you anymore, you know. You would think that we'd be watching this, you know, game with the Leafs versus uh, another team, not, you know, the Panthers, but yeah. here we are, you know, thinking yeah. about what coulda, shoulda, woulda. But, yeah. you know, like I said, it's one of those things where, you know, we wish we could have it, but we don't. But, you know, yeah. it's all right. We survive, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the only thing we can do, you know, it's, was not, obviously it was not pretty, you know, I've talked about it on uh, at length on this program about, you know, just kind of how, how frustrating it was, but um, if you could, I don't know, I don't know, sum up some of your thoughts that you have, like kind of final thoughts on the year, you know, I know that that's a hard thing to ask just with all the things that happened this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, obviously this was a year where a lot of good happened at the beginning and even all season, you could say. And then as the story was starting to finish itself, you know, it kind of imploded on itself. You know, you, you think back, it's, I don't want to, you know, discredit the Panthers. They beat us in a seven game series, but in multiple occasions, I feel like the Bruins had their opportunities to put that series away going up three, one, you know, overtime, two overtime losses at home. Right. And at, at any point, you know, mistaken game, what game five minus losing the puck, you know, no showing up in game six and then game seven, you're a minute away and, you know, a measly tip and not even really a tip, you know, your defenseman, you know, 73 is helping out the other team at that point, you know, and I, I look at that and I haven't watched the highlights too much of that game, but you know, you got to watch it to, to know what happened and, and yeah. kind of see that. But, you know, there were, there were some positives, obviously, you know, not necessarily an on the ice thing, but lock and foster knock up for a little bit of time, you know, solidifying yourself as, you know, he's going to be a guy you build around and, and whatnot, but at the same time too, you know, it really kind of is a reflection at with the NHL playoffs, anything can happen, man. And in a team like that riding so high, you know, you play an 82 game season and you don't mm -hmm. lose nearly as much as you think you should. And doing a two goalie system and stuff like that. I don't know. It's just kind of, mm -hmm. we'll see, you know, it's, it's, it was a good season. Like I said, don't discredit them for setting a record, but at the same time though, too, you know, I think us as Boston fans can agree. Uh, President's trophy isn't the Stanley cup. So, you know, I think we can we can be in agreement on that. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it just is, you know, just so hard to believe that they could, you know, go through the regular season like they did. And, you know, the, the wins and the record, I think, is one thing. But I think just the way that they played so well for so long, had multiple winning streaks of, you know, six, seven, eight games, you know, they ended the season winning – nine of their last 10 games and then it's you know building a 3-1 lead and then 
you know, really, I think Marshan gets that breakaway at the end of game five, doesn't score, and it pretty much is downhill from there, which yeah, is kind of, no. you know, shocking. That's true. Carrie, you hit the nail right on the head there. There's a, there's a true, you know, snapshot as to when you can see kind of when the decline was coming, you know, whether it was, like you said, you know, Marshy, knowing that he has literally the series on a stick, you know, they say in, they say in sport, you know, you know, the famous phrase, the game on a stick, literally the series on a stick. And mm-hmm. at that point too, you know, the wheels kind of started falling off and, and, and we can only, hope that they learn from this and and obviously there's just so much unknown you know everyone's calling this the last dance of of Bergeron and and Krejci and whatnot and I mean there's just a lot of question marks granted there you know it's one of those things where can't take away their experience but you know they're not those young guys in their prime anymore so right you know Mm -hmm. I don't know and and obviously us as Bruins fans you know would like to know whether or not those two guys are coming back. And, and, you know, our, our only hope is maybe Bergeron and, and Krejci, obviously they got a lot of miles on them, but mm-hmm. they are helpful. It has kind of gotten to a point where, you know, it's, it's, uh, I don't know if, it, if they call it at that, I just feel that the Bruins kind of let down Bergeron and, and Krejci mm-hmm. more than they should. And, and, you know, I don't think it's a testament on on how Bergeron is as a player because you know he plays all three zones of the game. It's it's not that it's a one way, one way kind of guy. He he's the true Bruin in my mm-hmm. opinion, and and I I feel that you know he's, I don't know he'll be missed if it's his last kick, and I totally understand if it is because you know he's been doing it for so long. You, yeah. you think it, you know I vividly go look back on the the Nesson commercial of him riding the Zamboni across the yeah. you know this the Zaykum Bridge and it's like yeah that's, that guy was a kid and now he's you know now he's the dad of the group kind of thing so yeah. you know but yeah like I said you know we got a couple bright spots to kind of look into you know obviously I think you know as we look into our prospects and stuff like that we could see a little change there and and hopefully goodness but yeah yeah i mean it's it's really going to be interesting cuz i think with with both of those guys it's kind of a in my opinion it's kind of a toss up cuz i think that clearly the both of them are still good enough that they can play and produce at you know a good level but then on the other hand it, they're 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 very you know old and, and grizzled and you know how much mileage that they've they already have on these tires you know can they really afford to go through a whole nother season and playoffs and so it's really like you know how does it affect you know their their off the ice you know families and, and such you know the guys might want to spend more time with their families and whatnot so you know it's uh it's it's really hard to know uh with both of those guys but i do think that you know depending on their decisions it really could be kind of a you know uh a, a, an off season of a big change you know if yeah of them come back yeah and i mean another thing too is i just think about it this way too with this team they're not really structured too too well to be able to sign much you know obviously you hope they take their hometown boston deal and yeah obviously the goal of an off season is to make yourself better than the year before and mm-hmm. a lot of people probably say oh well you know, they set the record and stuff like that, but 
there always is a time for you to get better because you got to think everyone else in the league is going to be getting better. Right. And, you know, obviously I think the Bruins got a couple big decisions. You know, you look at those guys they acquired at the trade deadline, whether right. it's, you know, Tyler Bertuzzi, Dmitry Orlov or Garnett Hathaway, you know, is it a realistic opportunity for us to land three out of three guys? In my opinion, no. Yeah. And, and is there an opportunity that you land two out of three guys? I don't know either. Obviously, I think a main priority out of that three guys is Bertuzzi. I think everyone can agree. You know, that's a that's a guy that is is a true, you know, fits the Bruins kind of play. You know, you yeah. want him to go hard. Mm-hmm. You know, he has a Martian in him where he can get under another guy's skin so easily. Whereas, you know, obviously, I feel like this playoffs pushed his price tag a little bit more. And, and, and it's all the matter of, okay, are they going to, you know, are they going to sign him? Are they yeah. going to be able to pay that money? And yeah. and also at that point too, you know, within the whole off season too, I've, I've heard this and, you know, obviously I'd like to hear your opinion on this too, Garrett is, is it, is it that we make a move from the two goalie system? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I saw a lot of comments yeah. saying, do we treat it as if where we have a one, one and a two, not a one A and a one B. And I, I would like to hear what your opinion is on that. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, naturally with kind of the cap crunch that they're under that, you know, at the moment they really have about, you know, 6 million to spend and have a lot of guys that are free agents. So, you know, I think naturally you think about Olmark making 5 million, you know, clearly if they were able to move off of that, you save a lot of money there. You know, my concern is if they get, let's say they trade Olmark, what else do they have? in kind of their their system of someone that they can rely upon to play 30 or 40 games in net because you know you could say yes Swayman is, is your guy they do need to you know resign him which they probably will you know mm-hmm. that's fine but you know you're not asking him to play 60 games next year you know they kind of seem to do more of a 50-50 split and so if you're going to ask you know, Brandon Bussey or one of the Providence guys to play close to 40 games. Are you, are, are, are we really okay with that? Yeah. Yeah. No. And I could see myself having a couple of sleepless nights based off that because it's like one of those things. And, and, you know, obviously I just think that, you know, I, I agree a hundred and temporary percent of what you said. It's, mm-hmm. it's that uh, it, the two goalie system worked and obviously I, I think there was fears for Montgomery going into the playoffs thinking, can I use a two goalie system? Is a two goalie system the way to go? And I just feel that a lot of NHL coaches, you know, Montgomery specific is afraid to kind of break that mold of right. if a goalie goes on the run in the playoffs. Obviously I saw tonight that mm-hmm. Bobrovsky is six and one and he's one six straight. That was very wild to see, you know, yeah. and it's, and it's, and it's like, Holy cow, he's, he lost the first game he played and hasn't lost since. And in this situation too, obviously I think there are so many opportunities for Montgomery to insert Swayman in when you had that ability to mm-hmm. lose a game and, and it, whether it be in game five, because you could tell too, I mean, you saw all Mark go down and, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's one of those things where, it, it, I heard that it was when he when Kachuk and him went into almost did a little little dosy do, but yeah, that's where it happened. I don't know. I didn't really see much, but at the same point, I just think that 
you had your opportunity to kind of give your main guy a rest. If you if you felt that he was going to be a guy you were going to mm-hmm. rely on in the playoffs, you did have an opportunity where, right. okay, we're up 3-1, maybe insert the second guy, insert yeah. 1B. And, and I feel that, you know, they put Swayman in a very tough situation. Absolutely. You didn't play all series. You've been off for what? I think I heard it was upwards to a week and a half, maybe two yeah. weeks since he last played a mm-hmm. game. And, oh, by yeah. the way, Jeremy, it's uh, game seven at home. Good luck, I guess. Yeah. Right? You know, I don't know. As a, yeah. as a hockey guy myself, I, I know yeah. people throughout the league, and I feel like if you ask that to them, uh, I think your emotions would definitely be on on mm-hmm. high, on the higher end. Yeah. Yeah, it almost feels like they, you know, had the right idea of going to Swayman, but they did it too late. You know, they did it a couple mm-hmm. games too late. And, you know, the only minutes he got were, was what, the end of game four after Olmar got tossed? Yeah, yeah. and it was almost, and that was almost at that point. So, yeah, I mean, I think that that's, it's it's fair to have thoughts about the goaltending situation. Um, I do, you know, maybe this sounds crazy, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Bruins took trade calls on Olmark, you know, just to see what they could get. Because I think, you know, if there's a possibility they could get like a first round pick or something like that, you might have to consider that possibility. Um, but then, well, again, yeah, like I, I said, I still have that concern that okay you're asking one of the guys in Providence who haven't played in the NHL you're gonna ask them to play 40 games you know I don't know it's just it's a tall order for those guys that we've not really seen them at the NHL level yeah no and I agree and I mean it I I do agree at that point of is it it's worthy of hearing a phone call because I think a lot of teams would consider him on a a team-friendly deal right now you know obviously you don't go out the way you did and, and and put up those numbers and and obviously, hopefully win the Vesna, you know, obviously we got the NHL where it's coming up in a couple of weeks. And, right. you know, obviously I think everyone, I think the right-minded person would say, oh, Mark, but a couple of people from Long Island, you know, not to, you know, point any fingers. But like I said, I think they think Sorokin or, you know, yeah. if our, there are our buddy Eric Bellier, he may say, you know, Igor Shesterkin. And yeah. Obviously <laughs> I know, I know Eric's a friend of the program, so I always got to yeah. give him, give him a little whack and, and obviously <laughs> – yeah. Um, so, you know, talked about the Bertuzzi's, the Orlov's, the Hathaway in terms of the guys you traded for. I mean, I feel like I go back and forth on Bertuzzi because I think, you know, yes, he played excellent in the playoffs and I think was probably your best offensive player, most consistent guy. My concern with him, though, is he's not as much of a two-way guy. He kind of seemed to make some you know, careless turnovers. Now, you know, is that a factor of him being in the playoffs for the first time in his career, you know, and trying to figure that out? But I think, you know, if they do want to re-sign him, someone that's making a a decent amount of money is probably going to get traded. You know, is that person Taylor Hall? Is that person Matt Grizzlick? You know, I think that's kind of where it becomes challenging because, you know, Bertuzzi is an excellent player and I, you know, think we all love, we all would love to see him back, but with the cap crunch, it's like they're gonna have to they're gonna have to make some tough decisions. Yeah, yeah, no, and I agree with those mistakes too. I think the carelessness with the puck, 
We saw that in the regular season. We okay. started playoffs, and as you said, you know, I think he's a he's a that that could be a a piece of his game that you know may not be able to be changed. Where mm-hmm. you know, like you said too, to free up space, do you move the hall? Do you move a grizzly? Mm-hmm. And you know, it's one of those things where is is what are you going to do with grizzly? As you had said, because you have this guy from uh, Mason, I Mason don't know. Laura, yeah, yeah, he he yeah. signed today. I saw. Yes. And is he going to be a guy that can kind of fill in where you know Grizzlick was seeing himself out of the lineup? And granted, Clifton is a free agent and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. and and is he going to get the money he wants? Because you never know. But I did see a stat today where. Grizzik was top, I think, 30 out of the people that are playing in the playoffs. And granted, there has been a lot of defense that I've played in the playoffs. And yeah. Just in terms of, you know, making not many mistakes. And, you know, that's something, obviously, so, where yeah. I understand that the the game that, you know, we all love has kind of gone to an analytical sense. And mm-hmm. that's a statistic that you definitely got to take into consideration. And, and I feel like a team will see that as value. Um, Taylor Hall also kind of showed up during the playoffs too, but absolutely, yeah. Is it is it kind of one of those things where Hall he'll because that's the thing you got to kind of know where your lineup structured with the unknowns as we kind of you know to go back on Bergeron and Krejci and stuff like that. Um, you know, are are those guys going to be in the lineup? And if not, you know, I know Taylor Hall is the guy that can you know he got the MVP in New Jersey for a reason, but at the same time, is he, is he of a man of, you know, when he once was. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of, a lot of questions yeah. there, but like I said too, I think in the pipeline, the Bruins have a lot to look forward to Lysel, you know, yeah. and, and, and I just think that, you know, there's, there's opportunity there. I'm not really up to too, too up to date on like who's available in free agency and stuff like that. But, you know, it was one of those things where, I think the NHL, NHL is such a great league because you see these guys that grind themselves in the minors. And obviously I did see that the Bruins have a couple of prospects up in the OHL and stuff like that. That's all a development kind of thing. You know, they usually have a couple of years. You play out your OHL year, or, you know, Canadian junior years and come to the Providence Bruins, maybe, you know, obviously the ECHL. And then, you know, there's not really that jump, you know, obviously the, guy that's going number one this year can make that jump but not every single guy coming out of the ohl is Connor bernard right yeah of course yeah yeah you know so bertuzzi i just i don't know um if they're going to be able to bring back you know orlov i kind of wonder the same thing um you know i don't think i can see him returning you know hathaway i don't think is coming back i think you look at his game and i think that they're are other guys in Providence that can kind of play that same type of game. And I think that, you know, Sweeney said yesterday in their press conference that they want to start integrating some of the, some more of the younger guys, you know, which I think makes sense when you look at, you know, all these guys that are unrestricted free agents. And I think a majority of them may not return. So, you know, that's a lot of a, a space, you know, an opportunity for like a, a Lysel, like you said, or, Johnny Beecher or uh, Merkulov or, you know, Mark McLaughlin, one of those guys. Mm-hmm. In so yeah. That's going to really be fascinating to see what happens. And and if you kind of think about the Bruins back end, you know, they are solidified with, you know, Hampus and in McAvoy. Granted, in the two years we've had, you know, Lindholm in the playoffs, 
kind of been a no show and yeah. it's hard to, you know, get excited for that stuff. But at the same time, though, you know, you just got to hope because he does have the skills there. And I just don't know if it's when the lights get their most bright, he can't yeah. perform. And, you know, in all hopefulness, we hope that with time and experience comes a better player. But it's one of those things where the Bruins and and obviously, you know, they got to realize that I think I think they got a big reality check in this year, realizing that the regular season is is a totally different game. And obviously you had those guys that had experience, but there was I think there was a lot of guys who didn't really have that true playoff experience. You know, obviously you got the Marshies, the Pastas, the you know, Bergeron's, the McAvoy's, but like beyond that, you know, Taylor Hall has played in a couple of playoffs. Lino couldn't tell you how many playoffs we played in. Obviously I know he, he was a captain in Columbus and stuff like that, but like beyond that too, you know, Grizzly plays, but he's not a guy that's a figure into the lineup. He's not, he's, he's that seventh, sixth or seventh guy. And, you know, the ability to have a guy that has playoff experience and have him be the odd man out. I just think that, you know, you look kind of look back on it. It's like, Jim Montgomery might have really got out coached by Paul Maurice. And it's sad to say because you think about it all year, you know, we to revert back kind of what we were saying. The Bruins won every single way this year. It was yeah. a game where they were just demolishing people on the forecheck, playing a defensive game. You know, I'm trying to think back on the game. What was it? The Calgary game this year. We had no business winning that game and somehow they pulled a win. Yeah. And 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 there wasn't ever a time where like in that Florida series that they were getting it taken on them as bad as it was in that and obviously still breaking out in a win. And it's just, you know, I just think that it was just the night and day identity between regular season Bruins and playoff Bruins. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, that's the, the part of Grizzly kind of being that, that odd man out. That's what kind of makes me think that, okay, if he's on your roster, but you're not going to play him in the playoffs. Well, you know, what, what is he doing here? So it's like, mm-hmm. that's what makes me think that they could be perhaps motivated to move him. But, you know, I do think that, yes, they do have a good solid core defenseman. You, you know, you mentioned McAvoy and Lindholm, you know, Carlo, I thought it was a good playoff series, you know, he's kind of one of the only defensemen that did. So, you know, that's a good mm-hmm. three that you have there. You know, you got Pasternak, you got, Zaka, who I thought played really well this year, and yeah, I agree. You know, I agree. There, those are kind of some of your 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 building blocks there, but you know, it's going to be. I think it is going to be a, a big, a large amount of change uh, this off season. That I think there is going to be a regular or two that possibly gets moved. Yeah, and I mean, you even think about it too. You know, looking more into the pipeline, I'm just pulling up here. You know what the Bruins kind of lineup and stuff like that is. There was bright spots in Lauco too. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he, I think he really did. You know, show up and and kind of make it known that I can play. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think you're you're taking you know Trent Frederick out of the lineup and and you know not replacing him with the guy that can't kind of bring that same kind of spunk. And you know, I think there was times too during this series with the Panthers is that between Taylor Hall and Trent Frederick, if one of those many chances they had on two-on-ones or just opportunities themselves, is this series different? Are we sitting here talking about, uh, you know, perhaps a three-nothing lead for the Bruins? And it's kind of one of those things where I feel like, you know, having a conversation with my brother yesterday just saying how it's the mindset of, oh, if the Panthers win, is it like, oh, you know, we got beat by the champs. And I think a lot of, 
fans in Boston will agree. It's well, that could have been us because yeah. it's true. Yeah. You know, I think that, like I said, you know, it's just a uh, game seven, one minute over time away. You truly, you truly went to the brink of a series with the team. Right. And it just shows that there was a dominance at that series. And, and I think everyone kind of looks back on the draw that the Bruins had, you know, I know for myself, the draw they had with the Panthers was seemed more favorable in my eyes. But looking back on it, I think I might have would have rather faced the Islanders, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was thinking about that the other day that, you know, perhaps Florida, you know, just the the idea that they were playing for their lives in the last couple of weeks of the season, you know, and not that the Islanders weren't, you know, both of those teams were. But, you know, it almost just seems like the way that Florida plays the, you know, aggressive checking style, you know, really bothered the Bruins because you saw how many mistakes they made in their own defensive zone, how many times they had such a difficult time either getting the puck out of the zone just to get it out or get it out to, you know, start a breakout. So, you know, we know that the Islanders can be physical, but I almost feel like that was a team that didn't really have enough, you know, offensive firepower. And obviously Florida did. You know, Kachuk and Montour were their best two players in the series. And, you know, Bennett was really good, too. Yeah, and I mean, I, I talked about it actually, you know, one of those things, too, where you think about at a point where, obviously, Bergeron didn't play a lot of the beginning of the series. And I thought that the Bruins would have a jolt in their lineup where, like, in game two, when the Bruins lost that, I think their jolt kind of came through Sam Bennett, you know, getting inserted into the lineup and stuff like that. And, I mean, I didn't realize how much of a – Bruins killer Matthew Kachuk was until after the fact and you know um, listening to local Boston sports radio they give you kind of straight in the sense that Kachuk had success with against the Bruins when he was in Calgary and Mm -hmm. it seems that that has carried over pretty seamlessly going to Florida and playing him a couple more times and I don't know if it's him being at his hometown playing his best and stuff like that but there was there it was a, a good reality check for the Bruins to kind of see that, you know, they they said that they're not gonna be the team that's getting pushed around well. Yeah. They got their cages rattled a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um and so I think you know, as as you said, I think that um Lowride signed his, you know, entry level deal today. Um they also had their second round pick, uh Quatra, I think is how you say it. Signed mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. his ELC a couple days ago, and um, you know, I don't know if they're going to make an immediate impact in the NHL, but I think it at least is kind of a an interesting sign that maybe they're going to try to embrace you know more youth. And I think you know they almost have to; they're almost forced to at this point with you know the the core aging as it is. And I think you know really again you know go back and forth about whether uh Krejci and Bergeron return whether both of them return to both of them retire because one of them yeah retired, so yeah no and I mean that's the thing too where like you said with the age like having the roster up here you got Marshawn who's 34 going on 35 Felino who's 35 going on 36 Bergeron and Krejci both 37 going on 38 it's not the same young Bruins we are used to and it's for me, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, that's a real big realization that, you know, the team that we love growing up are now, obviously, I think it just shows that, you know, we're growing up too, because 
you know, it's not the same young groans that we're so used to, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think it's just, it will be interesting to see kind of the next phase of this team, you know, and how quickly does that happen? You know, I feel like, again, I go back and forth, you know, I do think it's possible that Bergeron and Krejci come back and get, you know, one-year deals where they're not making very much and, you know, they just kind of run it back, so to speak, but it's not going to be possible that they run it back with the same exact team, obviously, but, you know, it's going to be interesting to see. And I think still there's a long way to go because I think, you know, again, the off season came a lot quicker than we thought. Um, and so there's obviously going to be a lot more off season time than, you know, I think we ever would have imagined. I didn't think that they'd be out of it on, on May 10th when we're recording this. Yeah, no kidding. And I, and I think, you know, to that point too, Garrett, with, with, you know, the perhaps, you know, the opportunity of Bergeron and Krejci kind of coming back is it one of those things where it's easier said than done and kind of letting go and, and appreciating, you know, the young nature of a team, you know, the development of guys mm-hmm. does, you know, signing those guys help the, you know, ability to develop players and stuff like that, you know, as we talk about kind of like a Mark McLaughlin kind of guy or, you know, a guy in Providence where, you know, they – they may need it, you know, and, and I think it's it's something that, as we said, you know, with the longer elongated offseason, it gives us a little bit more than too much time to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, I think Bergeron had said something after the season that, you know, the decision will come before, you know, the hit free agency, you know, which is probably about two months from now. But yeah, yeah, you know, we'll we'll see what happens. But um jake it was great having you on great to chat. yeah man yeah man like i said gary thank you so much for having me and uh like i said you know uh it's good to good to catch up with an old friend and talk something we we both love so like i said thank you so much for having me on and um i said can't wait to come back on in the future man all right that sounds great can't wait